starting the new short week out. It's been busy. There are a lot of big stories out there. I was floored by one of the announcements that kind of sneaked out Monday and, of course, hit the marketplace on Tuesday. This is this Capital One uh, acquisition to discover for over $35 billion. It's a stock deal, and Capital One ends up on top. But there's just been a lot of movement lately. Uh, we're seeing restructuring at a lot of financial institutions, Barclays, for example. Truist is doing some sales. You know, Rob Kaplan has kept up with this area for a long time. Of course, he did as CEO of the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, also of Goldman Sachs. And right now, he's also, of course, uh, head of his foundation. He joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Good to talk to you, David. So what's going on right now in this environment? I thought everybody was worried about delinquencies and slowdown of the economy. And the last thing you wanted to be in was the credit card business. Well, the consumer business in credit cards is a scale business. Uh, and, you know, technology matters a lot. Costs, uh, size matters. And I think it made a lot of sense for Discover and Capital One to merge because their arch rival competitors are also extremely large. And so that made a lot of sense. So that way, that's Citi uh, and uh, JP Morgan Chase. Absolutely. You need scale and size to be competitive in this business. And, and so that from that point of view, to me, it made all the sense in the world. On the banks you mentioned that are doing restructurings, I, I think a lot of these banks are trying to fit into their capital requirements and capital requirements that they expect. And so Truist, I think, is one of the firms you and I talked about that uh, they they need to do things that slim down a little bit and help them fit in to their capital requirements. And I think you're going to see more of that. Is there still a fear about um, uh, you know, the real estate collapse and, and hitting a lot of these financial institutions? Or has that, has that fear abated? I mean, the New York uh, Community Bank was, uh, I think, a surprise because I think that most banks are obsessed with making sure they're properly provisions for loan losses against these uh, real estate loans, particularly commercial real estate. Newark Community Bank, just for the listeners, had a surprise increase in their loan loss reserves. But boy, I think that's going to turn out to be unusual and that every bank I talk to is just obsessed with making sure they're properly reserved. So it's not that there aren't going to be lots of problems in commercial real estate, but I think the banks are really trying hard to make sure they have enough loan loss provisions. But the, the focus had been on the West Coast rather than the East Coast for a lot of those. I mean, San Francisco is, you know, legendary. Well, for good reason, because <laughs> if you look at the commercial property situation in San Francisco, I mean, boy, you really have a surprising number of markdowns in buildings that I thought would be, you know, platinum for the rest of our lives and they're worth a fraction of what they were worth five and 10 years ago. So when those kinds of things happen, uh, those surprises mean banks have got to increase their loan losses, but it also means, you know, there's a lot of investors in these projects that have lost money. And I hear those stories every day now uh, around the country. So we've got a little bit of 2024 under our belt right now. How are you feeling about it? It seems like every time we've talked, you're just, you're still a little bit cautious about, about the economy and what shoe might drop. What I've been saying for more than a year is I don't expect a downturn. 
I expect a little bit of a cooling, but not a downturn. And the reason is the substantial amount of government spending going on, fiscal spending, Inflation Reduction Act projects, Infrastructure Act projects, unspent ARPA money. So I think at least for the remainder of 24, if there are surprises, they're going to be the resiliency of GDP, the resiliency of the job market. That doesn't mean within that there isn't a lot of weakness. Uh, anything interest rate sensitive is weak. Uh, the good sector is 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 very weak and disinflating. And the China weakness is a big part of that story. But where I'm seeing is real resiliency in the service sector. And to extend inflation sticky, it's the service sector that is creating that stickiness. Boy, the China story. Over the weekend, I mean, uh, again, I've sort of been out of out of the loop here for the last couple of three weeks. But that really shocked me. They came through and, and cut interest rates. Well, I mean, that's supposed to help their economy. But the fact that they had to cut interest rates to stimulate that, that giant, uh, I think it's unsettling. It's very unsettling. But, but remember, we've talked about GDP growth in a country is growth in the workforce and growth in productivity. And one of the problems in the United States is an aging workforce and slowing workforce growth. China has that problem worse right. than the United States. They have a worse aging problem, and they've masked it for many years by all this government spending and capital spending, and, and they can't keep doing that. So I think you got a lot of overcapacity in that country, and uh, you've got a lot of weakness uh, and I, I think that may go on for some time because I don't see much labor force growth there. Yeah, because, I mean, a move like China made is usually not a one-off move. That's sort of the beginning of something. That's right. They are desperately trying to stimulate their economy and get growth higher. Um, and you may see the extent they can spend more on capital. But the truth is the fundamental ways to grow an economy are grow your workforce and improve productivity and they've got a real workforce growth problem. So uh, let's look closer to home. I, I saw a report out from uh, your old organization, the Dallas Fed, that looked at it uh, 2024 and saw Texas employment growth slowing. I mean, it had been over 3%, slowing down to 2%. But I, I, I mean, I guess maybe we have an advantage that, it, that it's still positive. Maybe it's not positive everywhere. But we don't slip to, into a recession, do we? No. I don't think so. I think I think Texas still will outperform the country because we have better workforce growth than the rest of the country, mainly, again, because of migration of people and firms to this state. And one of the things that Pia Arenas at the Dallas Fed also talked a little bit about, and I was interested to read her comments, is they're trying to make an estimate of the immigrants that have come across the border that are now entering the workforce. And there's not good data on that or transparency, but that's one other source of workforce growth, for better or worse. Well, there ought to be recruiters set up down there. I mean, we are short uh, workers uh, terribly, and there ought to be training going on, at least, you know, make use of them. Yeah, but let's see, a lot of these workers don't even have official permits to enter the workforce. So some of them are working off the books. That's why I say there's not good transparency. And there's one of the presidential candidates, if you believe the newspapers, is talking about uh, sending a lot of those workers out of the country. Yeah. Uh, and and so th- there's a lot of uncertainty about this element of workforce growth. So, so again, what is 
I mean, by definitions, black swan or swans are things we don't know exist. But, but what should we be looking out for this year, twenty twenty four? You know, upside and downside too, I guess. You, uh, you're going to have surprisingly resilient GDP growth and a surprisingly strong job market. However, what comes with that is inflation higher than it would be otherwise because of all the government spending, interest rates higher than they would be otherwise. It's not that the Fed won't be able to cut at some point, but they won't cut as much as they would have. And then the other thing you're going to see is interest expense in the federal government is heading north, uh, maybe to 800, and 800 billion plus uh, this year on its way to a trillion dollars. The black swan for me that I worry about is just this increasing government debt, which yeah. is funding this soft landing. And that's where, if there's a worry, that's where we ought to be worried. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too bad we didn't retire some more. A lot more of that when uh, interest rates were lower. I, the, the one thing that, I, again, surprised me, and I, and I go back to where we started talking about this Discovery Capital One deal, is this was announced on the same day that a report came out that said credit card delinquencies are actually dropping. They're not going up in this country. They were down last month. Right. They're headed in the right direction. So the consumer, as long as the unemployment rate is below 4%, the consumer is going to remain resilient. Because they have a job. If you have a job, you pay your bills. So I know post-COVID savings has been drained and all that. But the truth is, if you're employed, you, you may not have as much spending power as you'd like, but you're going to spend. And that's why uh, I think these credit card numbers suggest there's surprising resiliency uh, among the consumer. That doesn't mean they're happy about uh, loss of purchasing power, but it, but it also means that they're spending. Right. Rob Kaplan is the former CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas and, of course, is co-chairman of the Draper Richards Kaplan Foundation, which is a venture philanthropy firm that invests in all sorts of nonprofit enterprises. Always good to spend some time with you, sir. Good to see you, David. Thanks a lot. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.